Hi, you are listening to uh, Last Man Standing podcast. If you're wondering what you're what you're watching, it's okay. But if you're wondering if you ever get uh, quality analysis of sports and other kind of sports related or non-sports related kind of stuff, well, then you're probably uh, asking the wrong questions because you're guaranteed in this podcast weekly uh, in about in about an hour uh, top-notch analysis of sports across Major League Baseball, NFL, uh, American sports, uh, also the, the mechanics of those sports like the business or, or TV ratings, uh, as well as other kind of sports like, like snooker or Formula One or NASCAR, uh, your guaranteed top quality um, analysis on all those topics. Uh, every, every every week of in about an hour of podcast here on on uh, on YouTube by me, uh, Taylor Tenov, aka uh, Taylor Gaming. Right now we're. Well, hello everyone to the second part of uh, the fourth episode of <clears throat> of Last Man Standing podcast. Um, and late, and the, the yesterday edition, which was uh, um, Saturday edition of the show, we talked about uh, NFL, the week week uh, week five as well as week six, which we which is probably happening at the time of uh, at the time when you're listening to 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 this second part. Uh, we also talked uh, uh, we talked a lot about uh, the, the the crashing ship that is the the NBA. Um, as well as the there was what's happening on the field in the uh, in the MLB and in the a- AFL. So this was the Saturday edition of the show, and now we're going to uh, touch on a little bit different topics here in the second part of the show. Um, uh, which this this week, uh, due to the fact that we're not going to have uh, an edition of this week in wrestling, which will return next uh, next Sunday, well. Almost all of our uh, topics will be related to to the AFL, uh, which is a business where it's um, it's pretty different than what's than the leagues in America or uh, <coughs> I'm sorry or the soccer leagues in, uh, in, in, in in international football. The way business is done there is pretty different. The business model is pretty different. Even the, the way uh, clubs are organized is uh, on a polar opposite compared to the NFL, for example. Although um, the AFL uh, often uh, goes to admit that the the growth of the league when they when they changed the name to the Australian Football League and more. Uh, and also more ways in which the AFL uh, grew. Well, all of those were influenced by the growth of the NFL two or three decades earlier, especially after the merger in 1969. And uh, the way the Super Bowl, and pretty much they used that to make the grand final what the Super Bowl, what the Super Bowl was, but at the same time um, benefit from, uh, from TV rights deals. The way the NFL did that and has done that to this day, now uh, 50 years later, 51 years after the merger, um, we have two topics mostly that they were mostly talked about. One good thing that the AFL has done, and one bad thing that the AFL 
He has the um, oh, both of those. Well, not the, the second one is the bad thing they've done. It's that a bad thing that um, exists within them that they probably should look into in order to save their business. Um, and one of the articles I I I, I, I worked on throughout the week was uh, it was NFL related. It was. It was on uh, Franchise Sport. Be sure to check it out. Now I'm going to open it and just quickly uh, say what it was about. It, but yeah, mostly it was about uh, how the AFL, or how the NFL should uh, react. It's called NFL versus COVID. What happens next? It was mostly about um, how the NFL can uh, can both make sure they finish the season, but at the same time make sure they um, they they get what the, the, the most of um, they save uh, their the attendance and ticket sales and game day sales as a main <coughs> as main source revenue, which no matter what people tell you is still a pretty major um, a pretty major um, revenue source. It make it makes up an average of thirty eight percent of of a team's total revenue. So subsequently, it makes about the same amount of the league's total revenue. So uh, it is a huge, pretty pretty significant um, source of revenue for um, for the NFL. So the, how they they were supposed to balance those two things out. So that they can um, at least make the burden smaller uh, to make sure that they don't go even um, south of, even more south of what's currently projected as a nearly 30 million, um, 30 million of a slip in terms of their salary cap. This is this is projected from over the cap. Current the current um, okay, it's 20 million. It's not. Uh, but the current salary cap in the NFL, 198 million, 198.2 million, by the way, actually. <clears throat> and what they project for next year is 176 million. And then a couple of uh, very, very dramatic increases, but the, 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 the uh, they're, they're um, connected to a lot of things that can change over time. Um, so the 176 million uh, 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 currently. With um, revenues, maybe depending on a lot of things that they can even go go further downhill, but or or they can you know uh, in a positive manner um, stop the bleeding. The teams can stop the bleeding. Um, this depends on a lot of things, uh, but not all teams, as we said, and we're going to talk about this, um, can even have. Um, uh, attendances and crowds at their games, and furthermore, the ratings are not going down in a good direction. We talked about this in part one. Um, and I don't want to, uh, I don't want to repeat myself, but quick, quickly say that from from through the first five weeks, just uh, just three games have increased uh, in terms of ratings, and one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Ten games have increased. Only ten games have increased uh, in terms of um, in terms of viewership. This is through the first five weeks. It's not. Uh, it's, it's it's not pretty. Um, 
and things I suggested mostly, things I, I commented mostly were the things that uh, are, are the most hot things when we uh, uh, have, that have something to do with the topic. I talked about what some people are suggesting, the presence of a bubble, you know, the NBA bubble. The NBA bubble will be an absolute nightmare if it's applied to the NFL. Um, you know, the NFL, uh, the NBA bubble was, um, the, the everyone in the bubble was completely, uh, at least for the beginning, for the, for the, for the uh, initial part, they were completely isolated from the outside world, meaning that if somebody, if somebody goes out, they have to quarantine. If they have, if they get a positive test, of course, they quarantine for 40 days, that's uh, precisely obvious. Um, and uh, of course, having attendances, was pretty much out of the equation. It's uh, within the NBA. Many people think that many many people think that attendances in the NBA, uh, despite the fact that the NFL has had attendances, um, in-person attendances since game since literally the kickoff game of the season, which was Kansas City and in Houston, there were like something like seven uh, seventeen hundred seventeen thousand people inside of Arrowhead Stadium. And a, a pretty good part of the of the teams, let's just say that, pretty good part of the teams have, um, to, to some extent, uh, uh, have been authorized by the author by the local authorities to have tw uh, 10, 20, 30, even 50 percent. And the state of Florida now, at least the Dolphins, are authorized to use the stadium at their full capacity. I'm not. I don't. Uh, you know, it's been rumored that they're not not considering it yet, but they are allowed. So a pretty good part of the league is still allowed uh, to uh, to to have people at the games. But, but the NBA, this is this is out of the equation. Adam Silver has ruled out it ruled it out almost completely. It was said that he was thinking of uh, he was considering uh, he was considering uh, keeping the bill for next year. Um, and pretty much he was thinking that the season which is going to start in January, um, he was pretty much suggesting that he, there were not going to be people for the, for the for all of next season, which is absolutely absurd considering that MLB had, has people, uh, has a crowd, well, not crowds, but has attendance, attendances uh, 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 for the National League Championship Series, also for the World Series, both of which are, um, both of which are in Texas. Um, and yeah, the, the NFL has attendances, and pretty much everything that's uh, outside. Uh, also, high school football in, in many states has uh, has um, uh, attendances at the game. So it's absolutely absurd for, for the NBA to. Uh, to state that this is the uh, the maximum of their power, that this is all they can do because it's not. It's simple enough. Um, but yeah, th th this is pretty much the bubble. It's it absolutely takes out uh, a league's ability to keep uh, in, in person tennis as a revenue as, as a source of revenue. And I, I specifically touched on that. I specifically touched also on. Um, the fact that the NFL literally cannot do that kind of a bubble because um, there has to be, you know, having basketball courts 
you know, close proximity is the same as having stadiums at close proximity. Um, you know, you have to have at least, um, even if you have, if you make a couple of different bubbles, you have to have a couple of different stadiums in very close proximity in order to not travel. And there are some places you have to, you have to play at college stadiums. And that, uh, which is not going to happen because in college, the college football, at least in the SEC, plays in a, in a pretty uh, plays in a pretty normal ma- uh, normal manner. I mean, they have uh, limitations with restrictions of uh, how how much attendance has to be. This is local restrictions, of course. But this is about that. So you cannot. This will mean you cannot play at the college stadium. So apart from an NFL stadium, you have to take up high school stadiums, which is absolutely absurd. We talked about um, just moments ago. We talked about the um, how you know the, the whole concept of the bubble literally rules out um, a league's ability to to have to to keep um, um, it takes away which takes away attendance as a source revenue. For a league because it's a concept of always to isolate players from everybody. They they let them uh, have guests uh, near the end of it. Uh, I'll mention that, but um, pretty much the, the, the reality, the concept is that they should not um, be close to to anybody. Pretty much, and they're not even supposed to be close to other people. And if it, it's like. Um, Everybody's because everybody there is uh, snitches, and um, they you're, they were supposed if they see somebody breaking protocol, they were supposed to call the, directly the um, directly the the commissioner, and uh, you know they were supposed to um, not be close to anybody. And if somebody got COVID, they would use uh, video um, technology inside the hotels in order to identify who was close to somebody and uh, make him uh, make him take tests or something, which is beyond ridiculous. Um, and talks to the bubble is pretty bad in terms of uh, in terms of the uh, the competitiveness of a season, which at the end of the day is probably gonna uh, affect your uh, financial positivity but pretty much if you don't have home uh, if play if, 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 a, if a team doesn't play inside the stadium um, and ha- there nobody has home field advantage then anybody uh, then any any team who is not a f- number one C will not have any kind of incentive to continue playing uh, for example if, if a team, has absolutely no chances to win the, their division and therefore has no chances to win the number one seed. But they're but at the same time they are absolutely certain to have a berth in the playoffs. There they have no incentive. They can literally just stop playing their players um, three or four weeks before the end of the season. And this this will this will affect dramatically. And negatively will affect the the quality the quality of play of the league, which is pretty bad. This is, this is pretty bad. Um, there was there was there was pretty there was not uh, this was not a factor in the NBA because they had um, 
it's not this is not a factor in the NBA, but quite frankly because they they um they 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 still at the end of the regular season, which they, they played the last eight games of regular season in the bubble after they resumed. They still had they still ensured that they have some game that um well, at least we'll see the two teams battle for something. But in both leagues in both leagues um you um you the teams were pretty unsured where they are and so um and, and uh, apart from that it's pretty um pretty different in the nba that you uh, you have incentive to move up because you have you have going to have different opponent um which which is which is also exists in the NFL, but um, but home field advantage and a buy is is pretty different, uh, and this will now um, so this will, this would not exist. Uh, not that this would not exist, but uh, teams that uh, when a team is locked up as the number one seed, the other teams will not have incentive for anything. Um, but now we get to what I was really, what, what my suggestion and what the, the the central part of my article was supposed to be. It was about uh, how you should uh, treat, how you should react um, regarding in-person attendance. So many people before the season said, the leagues, maybe they'll be big leagues, maybe they'll, they'll be good. It will mostly be smaller like college uh, smaller college football um, teams and high school teams and smaller leagues that will get affected by not having attendances but, but matter of fact that most of them have in at least in the south or in the midwest they have um, they have restrictions but they have attendances it's not like in new york or california or washington or minnesota they have um, they have attendances, um, but it was it is a fact that it's still a pretty a pretty significant part of the NFL's um, the NFL's uh, revenue comes from uh, comes from in person attendance. Um, the source that I mentioned was Forbes. It makes up thirty eight percent, and even a team that has that is uh, no, that is pretty notable for having small crowds. The Los Angeles Chargers, who were last year at a small stadium in Carson, California, it was a soccer stadium. The LA Galaxy playing it in Carson, California, and it still made up twenty five percent of their of their revenue, of total revenue, which was three hundred seventy five million. Not to mention teams like Dallas, who leads the league in revenue, uh, and of that. Uh, Huge uh, six hundred million plus revenue. Uh, stadium uh, stadium revenue makes up sixty five percent. This is very significant. Good thing the Dallas that the, the Dallas are in a state which uh, will allow them to have fifty percent of their uh, of their attendance. Which they, so they, they, they are they, they do draw fifty uh, fifty thousand people at uh, the games at their games. And they also have other other kind of deals in their luxury uh, like places that there at the stadium which generate a lot of 
uh, a lot of revenue also. So this this it has been cited for years after uh, ever since uh, 18th stadium opened. Um, so all of those teams in Texas, Tennessee, Ohio, Missouri, Georgia, Florida, and other states are allowed to have some places up to 50% of their stadium. Now in Florida, there is no restrictions anymore, and this is in pretty good, pretty big contrast. Uh, um, compared to states like New York, like California, like Washington, like Minnesota, Wisconsin, Maryland, Massachusetts, and more, which uh, um, which are literally not allowed to, to have anybody. You know, New York and California in, in particular, long before the season started, they said that for the entirety of the season, there wasn't going to be... There wasn't going to be... Uh, people allowed at any sporting events. And even, even more shocking in California, um, it was even earlier, it was about May or June, that California was rumored to, cons- to, to be considering not allowing people, not allowing big events to happen for, for, for two more years. Absolutely, uh, absolutely ridiculous, but California was really considering that, and we never had, never heard the end of that story. And New York, it took a lot of effort for Andrew Cuomo to allow the Mets and the Yankees to play in their season, um, uh, and also the, the Buffalo Bills. Now the Jets and the Giants, they, they play in New Jersey, and it was it was equally ridiculous. So New Jersey does not allow the Jets and the Giants also to play. And the same goes for the Bills. Same goes for the Rams. Same goes for Chargers. Same goes for Seattle Seahawks. Same goes for Vikings. For Packers. For Ravens. For Patriots. And a lot more teams. So, you know, I, I'm not sure if there are more teams that that are not. A, uh, I think there are more teams that are allowed to have a particular number of uh, people at the stadium than. than the states that are don't then the teams that are not allowed because a lot of those states that are uh, that are allowed to that, that allow uh, in-person attendance of football games have more than one team because those states actually have are actually pretty uh, economically sustainable I mean historically for the last 20 to 30 years so they have although New York and California also have two teams each but Texas has two teams, Ohio has two teams, Florida has three teams, and, uh, and Missouri, Missouri used to have two teams, now they have one. But I, I, if, not mistaken, if not mistaken, I think that there are two te- that there are more teams that have, that are allowed, that have allowed attendance. Um, but still, teams uh, of the likes of which I, I mentioned, which are, are still completely not allowed to have people at their stadiums are, are will, will take a huge hit take a huge hit for something for for a thought for their local authorities being stupid so how the NFL can um, how the NFL can pretty much fix that so the NFL has to 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 uh, maybe not, okay maybe one of the um, paths toward really uh, that that financial stability we're talking about, even even in those uh, conditions, 
is establishing a bubble, but not the NFL type of bubble. I'm talking about the AFL type of, type of bubble. So what was the whole story here? Uh, and this is the, the kind of the uh, the funny thing because the Australian Football League success, as we talked about, was literally following the business model of the NFL. So now the, 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 the tables have turned. Um, so according to ABC, when the a- AFL shut down uh, after only one week in March, after it's after only one week, yeah, uh, AFL CEO Guillaume McLaughlin um, and the league faced uh, a deficit. A pretty much they were lose. They were they were lo- they were on the, on the verge of losing one billion against having a revenue of zero. So that's that's pretty much a loss of one billion Australian dollars. And they were um, they also. Uh, they were also in Australia, which is a pretty significant factor here, as opposed to the United States. But it, what has to be said that when the league was finally on the verge of opening, all states but one allowed um, all states and territories uh, allowed uh, but one allowed uh, attendances at games. This, this this goes for Western Australia. This goes for New South Wales. Western Australia, where Perth is, there are two teams there. New South Wales, where uh, Sydney is located, Queensland, South Australia, um, uh, also the Northern Territory, which uh, where the um, GFL held a couple of uh, a couple of games on a neutral ter- a neutral uh, venue. You know, these um, um, th- th- they play games there every every year. It's like the NFL in London thing. Thing. But there was only one state, a state which is still in lockdown, which didn't didn't allow any kind of people, uh, which didn't allow any kind of events to take place, uh, let alone attendances at those um, uh, at those events. This was the state of Victoria. But um, what was the real problem? The state of Victoria. It's not like in the NFL where a state has a maximum of three teams. Instead of Victoria, there were ten of the eighteen teams. Because if you if if if, if you remember correctly, historically uh, Australian football was was uh, uh, based in Victoria. It was called the Victorian Football League from eighteen ninety six to uh, nineteen ninety one, when you know they became the Australian Football League and uh, revolutionized the the industry. But yeah, um, football was. Um, Historically connected in Victoria, and those those ten teams remained a huge burden. And uh, it was just actually thought that moving them to Queensland after the sixth or seventh round um, would would create an even bigger burden, uh, and that is that is precisely correct because the league had to, had to spend $3 million a week to maintain those clubs in, Queens, in Queensland instead of in Victoria. Most, you know, most of those clubs which are either based in Melbourne or in a suburb of Melbourne, yeah, most 10 of those 18 teams are. Um, and also the grand final had to be moved from um, Melbourne Cricket Ground to another venue, which no matter what the revenue, uh, what the venue was going to be, was uh, going to be a, a smaller venue because Melbourne Cricket Ground is not only the biggest stadium in Australia, but is the tenth biggest stadium in the world. Yeah, so uh, that it, it wasn't as positive in the beginning because it 
turn out uh, as it turned out then to be but the there was no game without uh, a tendency uh, with, without without uh, uh, crowds there was no game without uh, a crowd uh, uh, without people at the game after the eighth round the next ten rounds all had a significant um, uh, crowds you know most of those teams are out of their market so it was not um, it was not precisely known how, how big the, the interest would be and turn out to be not as big not as uh, big as it would have been at their home stadium and also uh, Metricon Stadium in Gold Coast had very significant restrictions more significant than Adel than in Adelaide more significant than in Perth in at the after stadium but still there were a lot of games still games were mostly played at um, of three or four venues and with that I mean that teams um, they pretty much took one of those four stadiums um, as, as their home stadium which from market perspective is not very positive for, from the perspective that your alternative is to have zero uh, people uh, attending the game is, is very positive um, so games were either played at up the stadium in Perth, which is in Western Australia, in Adelaide Oval, in Adelaide, South Australia, Gold Coast, which, I don't know, it's, it's, it's in, I, I don't remember, I don't think it's Queensland, but I'm not, I'm not pretty sure if it's in Queensland. Uh, and also at the Gab in Brisbane, where the, the grand final scheduled for next Saturday, um, is, is said to be at the Gaba, which holds 37,000 uh, 37, people, and it's probably going to be close to a capacity crowd because the, the latest game played there, Brisbane, Brisbane's loss to Geelong, uh, had 30,000 people, and they still have something like 20%, like eight, like a restriction that the crowd should be 80%, but um, there are something, but it's completely... Uh, formal, formal now because all, all, almost all of the games since the the start of the the finals ha- have looked like they have capacity crowds, like they have a, a packed a packed house um, for the game, which is it's completely normal. But it goes to show that um, this is the way this is the way a league um, league can can say. It can save its financial stability. The 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 alternative, if they hadn't done that, was to either have the season cancelled because Victoria is still not allowing any kind of competitions. Victoria is in lockdown. We locked down. It's in a similar lockdown that it's. In, I think it's an even in an even worse situation than California, New York were at their worst, and uh, they're still particularly particularly close to their worst situations since the start of the pandemic. Uh, this was the one alternative. The other alternative is to have, uh, even if Victoria wasn't allowed teams to play without uh, without crowds, to have a bunch of games which were not gonna, which were gonna be liabilities pretty much. Um, and in one case, you lose a lot of money from um, from, the, from the loss of your stadium revenue. In the other case, you lose both that. Uh, and the TV money. So, you know, having 
being in, in what the NFL is doing right now, it's it's, it's a better situation than uh, if they had if they cancel the season, which would be absolutely ridiculous. Any any league that cancels their season is ridiculous to do that. This was why the um, who should cancel? I think the uh, the WNBA is pretty much. It's ridiculous by by definition, but I think they were one of the leagues that canceled their season. AFLW canceled their season, but they're pretty much a liability, so nobody cares about them. We literally don't care about them. Um, never mind. What and this is this is I think this is pretty good argument why the NFL should look into such a change. They should move all those teams from New York, from California. As well as Vikings, Packers, Lions, um, Bears. Oh gosh, there are a lot of teams. I think there might be more teams that do not allow. I think I changed my mind. But yeah, from uh, the, the Orioles, um, the, uh, the the Seahawks, the the, the 49ers. <clears throat> yeah, there are also three, three teams in California. I didn't consider that. <clears throat> Sorry. All those teams. That are in states that allow no capacity, no no crowds, zero percent crowds uh, of the games. They should move those teams to to play uh, to play their games, and also the the Raiders to play their games uh, uh, in states of, of venues which can have um, uh, which can have uh, in-person attendance, and you know, in this way to assure that they're going to have. At least some kind of crowd, uh, some kind of crowd um, at, at every game. Uh, at every, it's not 256 games because we've been uh, past five rounds. It's almost actually it's almost it's almost the halfway point of the season. We're past the uh, the we're past the the quarter the quarter mark of the season. But pretty much ensure you have. At least some kind of uh, crowd, small or big, at all their games. If Florida really is serious about not restricting uh, capacities at football games, move even more of your uh, teams there. No, I think that the schedule change will not be that big because you have uh, pretty much have two slots. Um, on Sundays, you have a lot of prime time spots. Um, obviously, they have the, the leagues have shown uh, the, the NFL has shown willingness to put games uh, earlier on Mondays and earlier on. Uh, they show willingness to put them on Tuesdays to put them to put them on. You, have, you obviously have Thursday night football. You can put a game earlier on, on Thursday. So you have a lot of time slots and pretty much. No, uh, the NFL is the biggest team on TV, so TV networks will, will sacrifice anything to have the NFL coach. I mean, what the CBS, for example, what it broadcasts before the prime time is, and the, the news is pretty significant, but a part of the news is a bunch of syndication shows, which are not, they are big, obviously, but they're not, they're not, they're nowhere near the NFL. Uh, so you have a lot of time slots where you put your game. So if you if you have games, if you have even three teams playing in the same venue, it will not be a problem. It will, it will not be a problem. But you you will have at least at least get back 
a good 20% of your revenue. You will you, you make the loss from 40% to, to 20% from the, this is based solely on the stadium revenue. And this will be needed not only because you're going to lose less money, but because the ratings are going down. But even if the ratings weren't going down, um, this puts you in a lot better of a situation. I think you should be serious about keeping this, the, the keeping your business sustainable. Well, if, if I were the NFL, uh, this is as you said, this is pretty easy to do. Since the all states, Tennessee, Texas, Ohio, um, you you can use you, you can even use college stadiums. There are a lot of there are college big college stadiums. Um, that are, as I said, pretty big. Um, you, you know, Texas. You can, you can, apart from energy and uh, and AT and T, you can go play at the, at the Cotton Bowl. You can go play uh, in Austin. I don't know what was the what the name of that stadium is. That where the Longhorns play. You can go play in Oklahoma. You can go play in all the college stadiums in the in South. Um, Pretty much everywhere in the south, except for uh, well, well, actually, the uh, Louisiana doesn't have restrictions, and all stadiums only have restriction on um, uh, indoor stadiums, which which is why there, there is that current dispute with the Saints and the Saints. Uh, well, obviously, I think I'm not sure whether the restrictions is uh, forced by Louisiana or by New Orleans, but. Either one is the reason why the Saints are considering moving to Baton Rouge, where you know the LSU Stadium, which is another alternative. You can move to any kind of. There are a lot more stadiums. Bear that in mind. There are a lot more big stadiums in 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 one state in the United States than there are in one state in the uh, in Australia. So the NFL has a lot more resources to work with than uh, the the AFL. The, the AFL not only uh, are there a lot, a lot less like big teams in one sport in every state? The states are a lot less, which means that uh, you know states, even if one state, I mean there are like six states and three territories or something. You know, there are fifty states in the United States, obviously, fifty-one. Yeah. Um, but usually, if if one state decides to lock, to lock down everything, there are there is a lot less. You're left to work with in the United States. There are a lot more stadiums in the United States, as you said, uh, because of competition. Because of competition, because there is um, a lot more. Uh, there, there is the NFL. There are a lot more you know, leagues, obviously. Uh, and apart from that, um, in other sports, the NFL cannot use stadiums in other sports because the other, the other. Uh, the other league, which has big crowds, which are stadiums big enough to be anything close to the um, to the AFL, is the NRL, the National Rugby League. But there, there are those stadiums that are built uh, with rectangle uh, form. They are not they are not able to, uh, to 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 have an AFL field on there. You cannot uh, restructure you cannot you cannot restructure them to be an AFL field, but uh, there are, in the state of Texas, there are at least 20 big stadiums, not 20, there are at least 10 big stadiums. Um, everyone, I mean, the South has at least 
30 big stadiums so you know you can you can best case scenario you can pitch every state every team to be in a, in a different stadium because they're not um, as we said they're they're not college football games on Sundays but you can do that as well um, <clears throat> but even if you don't do that you can move teams to be uh, the same uh, the same uh, venue and this will be this you just you, you, you could leave, you could at least where you can you have 50 percent of your uh, your attendance allowed you'll have 20 you can save at least 20 percent of your of the red, of your revenue of the 40 percent revenue which are you that you're losing um, which which is gonna put you a lot better situation you have a lot less burdens to 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 uh, to, to fix next year than than, uh, than you'd have if you didn't have any kind of crowds uh, for those teams, and um, uh, you also ensure ensure a bigger salary cap for the league. I think if that's them, if, if they're serious about financial stability, they, this is what they should be doing. They should be they should be following the AFL model. The other thing we're going to talk about is about the AFL again. It's not as positive thing about the AFL. It's uh, kind of because we have less uh, sources, we have less uh, places to, to check check literal uh, data, <clears throat> which you did not expect. I expected that there was going to be information about the VFL profits and revenues and financial statements, but there wasn't. There was even when the AFL released those statements, I could not find this. But the AFL, as we as we as we talked about, as we talked about, I'm, I'm trying to find the article. I think it was the it was the ABC article, ABC Australia. I think that is. Um, yes, AFL chief chief executive Jill McLaughlin, he said back in March the league had um, he, he had the league had one billion costs and no revenue, uh, which. And then they had to, even though they they actually they they made great a great decision to get to at least uh, get back some of their uh, so some of their stadium revenue which they were going to lose had they not had any kind of attendance at their games by moving the teams to other states. But this was still done at the price of three million Australian dollars a week. So even though they made a move to be to be to made a financially positive move, fiscally positive move. They're still burdened, and this both of those statements by McLaughlin proved that. So eventually, you're gonna have to do you're gonna have to take other actions. And we we have, we have talked about this kind of kind of uh, frequently here on the show. AFL, although the business nature of it is one uh, that deserves uh, you know, d deserves positive uh, feedback, because you know, so many so many non non American uh, non American leagues they they try to escape from being businesses, and this is why they failed. In those there are there are. In many places, there are legislatures which de, uh, de facto 
um, incentivize the government to have uh, monopoly over sports and to and for those sports to be socialist in a way. Um, yeah, pretty much to be a state monopoly that uh, that uh, funds losing enterprises um, at, at, the expense, at the expense of the taxpayers, which literally is socialism. Some people don't want to uh, don't want to, to admit that, but whatever. And the NFL is it's not that kind of. There is nothing in the Australian in the Australian law. Uh, um, unlike in the Bulgarian law, but there's nothing in Australian law that incentivizes, that, that uh, uh, establishes AFL as a, as a monopoly, although uh, despite that, the AFL is very big. Uh, its size and scope is very big, and even though you know, that would be good for a company if it if it, if it develops that through natural, natural, natural good work and development, this is this is uh, going to be bad because it usually involves a lot of debt, a lot of debt. Um, it's usually going to have problems when you are in those kind of crises. Um, so. The FL is going to have to take action, and it's too big. It's too big in the sense that it not only administrates the NFL. Like look at the NFL. The NFL only takes care of the NFL teams. It's only they used to develop the NFL Europe, but it was too expensive, too expensive, and they got rid of that, and rightfully so. But the NFL, for for its whole existence, it was established in 1990, which is of 30 years after the establishment of the AFL, um, it, it, it has never made moves to administer uh, college football, to have anything to do with high school football, or to have any kind of low, uh, lower level leagues trying to expand with uh, community football in, 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 on a local level. Which Leaks, I think, where I think, see throughout time that it's expensive, uh, and unless the government actually tries to use them for political uh, for political power and establishes them as, as monopolists at the expense of you know competitive uh, of competitive uh, business and com competition between leagues on any kind of level, in high school and college and stuff like that. Um, unless government intervenes, leaks um, usually don't go out, don't go through with that. And Australian politicians are far from being perfect. We know that we talked about that. I think in our previous episode about uh, yeah, it was particularly about how the Western Australia Premier gave the Western Australia Football Commission 11.2 million dollars in 2019, and you know they. Uh, this year they were they were investigated and they were caught that they were giving part-time employees a thousand dollars per per hour for no work, which is which is outright uh, wasting taxpayers dollar taxpayers uh, money. Um, but the AFL is, will, will feel even more that it ha it will have to. Uh, 
to get rid of some of those liabilities that it holds currently um, in order to, to survive. Although nobody in any way uh, is, is saying that the AFL's popularity is, is bad. Uh, this is absolutely true, but uh, nobody. But this, there, there could be, there, there could be other um, reasons why it, it could not survive. It could not survive because it's managed. Uh, it's not managed well financially. Now, McLaughlin is is uh, is a guy who's pretty uh, who's pretty inside. You know how financial how, how financials and, and business works. Uh, but. Uh, yeah, he's also helped in the league. You know, for three for the past three years, there were uh, all-time high attendance numbers. The TV deals have been renewed and have become even uh, even more beneficial beneficiary to the to the AFL. But there will be even more important action to come now. Um, so some of the biggest um, some of the biggest liabilities. One is pretty open the liability. This is the AFLWs, AFLW, the Women's Australian Football League, and the other is at least looks like a liability from the perspective of the. It's it's pretty questionable whether it whether uh, in any way uh, it um, it really it really earns any kind of revenue and it's even profitable. It's pretty questionable whether it's profitable. This is the Victoria Football League. It's the uh, the second tire competition. This is where teams are field. Um, this is where team teams field reserves teams teams from the uh, from the AFL field their reserves teams, but they're also teams. Um, how many teams there were? Um, there are also there are also um, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, twelve. There are twelve of how many? Eighteen teams, I think, that are not reserve teams. Um, and the, the, the VFL really has not generated the the um, the pub, has not been in the public eye because of bad reasons, but it's not been in the public eye for any kind of reasons. It's significantly less to, less watched than uh, leagues like the South Australian Football League or the West Western Australian Football League. Uh, of course, both of those leagues are not within the the AFL, but according to um, According to oh, this is Wikipedia, some of, I'm not seeing the sources, but there it does it averages between 500 and and, uh, uh, and a thousand people in attendance, which is which is generally a lot less than the South Australian National Football League and the Western Australian Football League. Um, and yeah, the highest uh, six. Uh, in the, in the six thousand range, and the grand final is in the twelve thousand range. So this is a lot less for any kind of uh, uh, Australian football league standards. Uh, 
in all sides, it is safe, savvy professional competition. So a lot of those teams are not even generating any kind of money, not even professional. Some of those, of course. Um, so it's not profitable in any way. Of course, some of those leagues, some uh, many of those teams, albeit not the majority, it's a minority that are, are reserve teams that are not, um, not a threat to, um, not a threat to to close down. But this means that they're a threat within their clubs. Um, and their liabilities to those clubs, which means because those clubs are owned by the league, which they're they're um, they're still on the liability to the league. <laughs> but the the whole ma gen managing uh, the whole um, if, uh, by the way, it's AFL Australia, AFL Victoria that uh, manages this since 1995. That has managed this, um, and. and uh, the whole AFL Victoria managing this seems like no way does it prove that the league is profitable. So it's low key, it's it's low key bad. If if I was, um, if it, if I were you know in charge of the AFL, I would get I would get I would get rid of it. Um, and you know this is kind of on the borderline. And about the AFLW, it's not any kind of. Uh, question about this. It's as we, as we said with the WNBA or now with the NBA with the the the, the normal NBA now. Obviously, it's a movement league. It's not um, it's not profitable. It's people don't don't watch it. But um, yeah, teams are despite all the uh, despite all uh, the investments from the men's teams. And uh, by local governments with taxpayers' money, teams still fail to be profitable, which means that they are they're wasting both. Um, but what's even more um, what's even more um, what's even worse for the uh, for the NBA for the uh, for the AFLW uh, is that the AFL continues to Invest in it. it. It according to their 2019 statement, this this can be this can this maybe ha maybe has changed because of all the things that changed uh, around the COVID. But according to their 2019 financial figures uh, statement of the AFL, um, where they had uh, a profit of nine of 28 million dollars, it was released on February uh, February the 18th, 2020. Um, it doesn't state in any way whether the um, the FLW was um, was profitable. It only states that they had a record attendance and that um, it only states that participation was a record. It was increased eleven percent. It only states that with the uh, it, it will that it had two it added uh, the AFLW added two teams in North Melbourne and Geelong, and that it had a total attendance uh, a, a a record high attendance, which which with more more teams is inevitable almost. You you, you literally can have your uh, average attendance go down with more teams, but you have a bigger total attendance and you can uh, boast that as a as, as a record high. 
which is, I mean, MLB has 10, uh, 10 or 20 times bigger total attendance than the NFL, but the NFL still draws nearly three times bigger average attendance. And per game, the NFL, I mean, those are too big of a contrast because if the NFL played uh, 4,000 games per season, they'll probably have uh, a worse uh, attendance figures as well. But um, it still goes to show that uh, um, it, it just doesn't equal uh, it just doesn't equal uh, higher higher uh, it equal uh, an increase the add, adding those two teams and a record total attendance. Also, they mention uh, capacity crowd of fifty three thousand at the other at the Adelaide Oval for the grand final, but this is only the grand final. Um, so they they state that uh, they are gonna have an addition, additional eighteen million dollar investment in country football. This is not that's not particularly um, that doesn't have particularly to do with famous football. But then they add the largest investment in Victorian country football in more than two decades, which would um, point that it has to do with the VFL. Therefore, it looks like, con considering what the crowds are, they're pretty much bailing out the, the, the VFL. And if you look even even uh, more, even, even down in the, in the report, it says AFL's record, uh, uh, VFL, uh, a I'm sorry, the AFL's revenue increased by 15 million to 793.9 uh, million, 793.9 million. Due to broadcast rights agreement, a record commercial revenue. The revenue was used to fund the following investments. Uh, and there it says the AFL, AFL clubs, um, and then 58.8 million to community football development. This is budgeted to increase by, in 2020 by 6 million due to AFL's investment in Victorian football community. They pretty much have, they pretty much have, have it planned uh, what kind of money they will invest in the Victorian football community, which maybe has to do with the VF, VFL. But pretty much bailing it out. They're investing 40, $40 million in their labor union, the AFL, the AFL Players Association. They're investing $60 million in the AFLW competition to bail to pretty much bail it out, bail bail it out again as as we mentioned. This is gonna increase by even six million in twenty twenty to become twenty-two million dollars in twenty twenty. And um, one of the other one of the other um, one of the other um, bodies that invest heavily in the AFLW is the AFL Player Association. So yeah, pretty much. Even in, I'm not I'm not sure how much AFL Player Association invests, but for uh, for a league that's not very um, the, the interest in it is not very big. Um, this investment pretty much uh, points that points uh, to the fact that uh, they're pretty much bailing it out, and this is just just shows the AFL's uh, policy of having, of course, the main league as a generator of profits and money, 
but in everything else everything else it's not it's not a business everything else they're just pouring money into it they they they, they just own it and it, it, it is a total liability they don't even manage it seriously but they just pour money in it just for it to exist uh, and the FLW a lot of people have been have been critical uh, not only by how uh, by, by how bad it is how bad it's performing financially but by the fact that the league consider it, uh, considers it uh, untouchable and now it looks like the VFL um, like the VFL uh, is a liability as well the, of course 40 million investment in the labor union is even bigger uh, liability and just the AFL needs to cut down on investments that bring absolutely no dividend and absolutely no uh, absolutely no benefit to the league if it wants to have any chance of succeeding for the next couple of years where uh, where uncertainty will, will will loom and this year was not pretty as stated by the AFL CEO himself. Nobody knows what's going to happen in the next couple of years. The AFL just needs to save the AFL by getting rid of the things that bring absolutely no benefit to the league. So this was this was pretty much it. We talked about the AFL in, in both of our topics. The one was more related to the NFL. The other one was related to how the AFL should uh, react to save. Well, if we're being honest, the one was about how the NFL should react to save its financial stability, and the other one was about how the AFL should react to save its financial uh, stability. And this is this is all for today's episode. And um, um, don't forget to listen to our next episode and to subscribe. You're listening to Last Man Standing Podcast presented by Terror Kettle Gaming Channel. Don't forget to subscribe on Spotify, iTunes, and whatever platform you're listening to.